Boy Meets Girl, six to Good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Welcome and thank you for listening to Underpowered. We're just a bunch of dudes that like to talk about video games. My name's Casey Cool. To the left of me is would be Shelby. Um, Shelby. (laughs) (laughs) On my screen, on my screen, there's no one to the left of you. Yeah, and on my screen, (laughs) Sean's to the left of me. All right. So my usual co-host, if you'd like to introduce yourself now, sir. (laughs) I'm Shelby Stokes. And to our guest today in our unofficial third chair, unofficial official. Is Sean Poole, also known as Spool. Also known as Spool. You can follow him. Sean, where can people follow you on the interwebs? On Twitter is probably the best place, uh, at Sean Poole. S-E-A-N-P-O-O-L-E. Poole, yeah. It's not French, but we say it that way. Now, Sean, for those of you who don't know, if you want to give a little bit of background, Sean is a streamer or has been streaming in the past. He is a media conglomerate himself. <laughs> I don't, that feels like big words, conglomerate. What does it I take know. to be a conglomerate? Um, you have to. Own, you basically, are, you're part of Disney, I feel like, these days. Oh, Disney, okay. you're a conglomerate. <laughs> then I definitely am not a conglomerate okay. yet. Sean, do you want to give a background on what your experience in the video game industry? It all goes back to the olden days of 2008 when I started to work for G4 TV. For anyone that remembers what that is, we had like 100,000 people in like the world that watched. But it was a cable network that focused on gaming and all sorts of stuff. I worked on Attack of the Show. And there was another show on the network for, called X-Play, if anyone knows what that is. It was a gaming-focused show. You were reviewed but, games on it. It was a great show. Yes. So I unfortunately did work on that yes that's adam sessler and morgan webb and yes so i worked there for about three years before moving over to machinima which is like a bad name in youtube gaming world and stuff but it was you know it was another job and the people there were cool for the most part the bosses sucked worked there for another three years before and met up with a group of guys called as a group they were called inside gaming at the time and worked with them, and we all decided to leave and form our own channel. And that became Funhouse underneath the Rooster Teeth banner. And I worked there for a year before deciding I hated California and I missed my friends and family and quit and moved back home. That was in 2016. Home being Washington State, back up here, and I streamed on Twitch a lot. Lately, haven't been able to stream as much as I like. Well, now you're, you've had a life-changing moments in the last few years. And like mm-hmm. us all, you've been locked in a bunk because of COVID-19. <laughs> but you were planning I'm, to leave this month, right? For like six weeks or two Yeah. Weeks? Well, yeah. I had actually, at the very end of February, had purchased a ticket to go to New Zealand for about five weeks. Because I've always wanted to. And right now I had the opportunity and the chance to do it. Or I did before all this happened. And it was just very bad timing. So that ended up getting canceled obviously because new zealand doesn't even let people in their borders anymore Bumped. postponed right yeah <laughs> yeah so <laughs> probably this fall or next spring or something at this point but that sucks well, it that... goes on now for now i'm staying in my, i'm living in my mom's basement <laughs> in the meantime um, well, next... hey, you're, you're living that millennial life i think that's what right. it's all about right, right. yeah it's true gamer it's <laughs> machinima a bad term in gaming these days Oh, well, the company Machinima, not Machinima as like an actual industry or art form. But why is that name? But like, the, yeah. Well, technically, the name's dead at this point now because after Warner Brothers, because Warner Brothers, when I was working there, owned about half of it. Mm. Um, and then Warner Brothers, or not Warner Brothers, Machinima had a few scandals while I was there. If you may recall, back in the day, they got busted for 
some sketchy YouTube advertising and basically paying people to give good reviews or something mm-hmm. for games for games and things, but not disclosing that they were paying those people to do it and even told them not to. And like there was some leaked PR stuff that happened, as well as locking people into their contracts with them because they were one oh. of the first they were one of the first MC is it MCN? I forget now. I've been out of the biz long enough. I'm forgetting <laughs> the acronym. But they were one of the first like management companies for YouTubers. And so they did some really sketchy, shady stuff back in the day where they would t- sign on everybody that would be willing to work under them as like a manager. Like they would, Mishima would manage them. And a lot of these kids are like 17, 18, 19. They're young. They've never really signed or read contracts before. So they were just happy to get picked up by a company. And it ended up becoming like the biggest um, management company of this style but their contracts were shady. And they would be like, you, they'd be locked in for five years with no option for the person to leave or like renegotiate the terms. Wow. And so, lot, yeah, so lots of these content creators on YouTube and stuff, when they started to mature a little bit, you know, they've been doing it for a couple of years and maybe they now have millions of subscribers and they have some more clout. Machinima has them locked into where Machinima is taking 30 or 40% of their like advertising mm. revenue. And for, for them, it's like, what am I gaining from this? Machinima is just right. making money for doing nothing at that point. Right. So there was a bunch of big YouTubers that started to speak out and be like, Machinima is doing shady shit. And we want to, can we swear? We can swear, Yeah, we right? swear, yeah. We work <laughs> Yeah, so they had some bad PR moves, but Warner Brothers ended up, after I left, after we left, Uh um, buying the whole company out and owned it as like a subsidiary. And then it went on for another couple of years, but basically just as like a marketing arm for Warner Brothers before finally getting stabbed through the heart with a a stake and getting murdered for, for, basically at that point was providing no benefit to anyone. (laughs) <laughs> at that point so if i'm not understand this correctly warner brother has not only been ruining the dc franchise as of late they ruined a youtube video game channel <laughs> as well yes yes they did one of the first youtube video gaming yeah networks. that was huge i remember shin was the big thing for a long time and then it just went oh, yeah. off there's a lot of just great videos of you i remember the one where you go to comic-con <laughs> and they made sean go speed dating at comic-con in new york right it was new york Comic-Con. yes New York Comic Con. And what did they, they put a what around your neck? Uh, a shot collar, like a dog yes, shot that's collar. that's right. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so we went to New York Comic Con and I was single and our host at the time, Kale, he was like, oh, we got this great idea for a bit. We're going to buy a dog shot collar. We're going to buzz you anytime. I forget what it was. Anytime I was doing. They wanted you to he say was sitting, stuff, right? And anytime you didn't say Yeah, it, they yeah. would they would give me cues. That's what it was. And they would shock me if I didn't do them so i'm on this i'm on and it's speed dating i've never done speed dating before so like a girl's with me for like two minutes and kale would lean in and be like all right so here's the deal this is what we're doing are you okay with being on camera sign this release and then they, we'd get like two minutes to talk you know it ended up being fairly legit and i found a girl that i ended up dating for about six months from no it. way <laughs> for real yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was very she was dressed as poison ivy at the time Dude, I bet she was in some pretty crazy stuff if she was into the shot caller. I feel like that'd be a deal breaker for a lot of ladies. <laughs> well, they couldn't, you know they couldn't I mean? didn't know. Uh, right? I, yeah, I don't think they could see it. So Sean's they could in the see video, when like, I quit, like, like <laughs> in the middle of these conversations, like, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> oh, well, I, and of course, I I had a couple of, like, two, I want to say, like, two drinks before that, like, oh, two gin and tonics nice, or something, just nice. to loosen me up, so you know, not for the shocking, 
Yeah, exactly. Probably. Dude, maybe she was just like, man, I feel really bad for this guy. He's having like intermittent <laughs> seizures. And like, I really feel like he needs somebody right now. No, she, she win cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we ended up, we ended up going out, basically going on like a date, like an overnight date uh, later during Comic Con. And she came out with us and, and whatever. And we hung out, went to a dance and, you know, stayed up all night and got sh- like shawarma, street shawarma mm. <laughs> from, from a vendor. Yeah. 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 It was, it was an interesting trip all around, but yeah, That's we ended neat. Up, but it was a long distance relationship and it ended up yeah. not working out. But. You can't just meet ladies in bathrooms like Shelby over here. Also, she was like, super- <laughs> <laughs> she was super hey. into cats too. Oh. And I uh, was not about that. Like, not one about cat's cats. Okay, but you're talking like 10 she had cats. three. Ooh, that's a warning sign. Yeah, three, three cats. Yeah, three <laughs> cats. A little too obsessive for me. Uh-huh. And that's funny because I know Sean since Sean and I met when we were about 18, 19. We just graduated high school and started community college, college together. And we had this mm-hmm. like hippy dippy philosophy that we kind of bonded <laughs> yeah. over. And uh, yes. it was a great time. He's one of my closest friends to date. So, like, when I saw Sean, I'll do this. It's just like, Oh, there's the goofy guy I know that I would stay at his apartment and pass out with or go have fun with. Yeah. You do the run around saying you're a dragon when you're drunk at like 20 years, yeah. 18, 19, <laughs> whatever, 20 years old. I'm a dragon. Yeah, we, I, have, I have a video of you running no, through my that. parking lot, but run around in the dark naked around my parking lot because I don't know why. But you because look like a Sasquatch. Was... You look like a Sasquatch going between the cars. I can give you 151 reasons. Bacardi 151. <laughs> and at the very end of the video, if I recall, you come barely out of the darkness. You just come barely into me and like dive me into That's the right. bushes. I think. So I know you carnally. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's what I'm saying. In biblical. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sean, and I could reminisce this whole podcast, but I don't think people want to hear that. But video games. Video games are what we bonded over. Right? That yeah. Was it. Sean and I played many a video games together. Sean used to be addicted to the game called Dark Age of Camelot, and I was playing WoW at the time. But anyway, so but gaming now, which we still talk about and we still try to play. The big thing about this show, Sean, I think I talked about it, is a backlog. I know like you have probably a pretty hefty backlog of games that you wanted to play or want Hold to play. On. Let me yeah, let me see if I can count my library oh, God. real fast on Steam. Okay, you do that. Shelby, we'll come <laughs> back to Sean. <laughs> How are you doing? What are you playing lately? Oh, man. Uh, I've been playing a couple of games this week. I, on my backlog, have Forza Horizon 4, which mm-hmm. is what I'm getting into. Um, you know, one of those games that got a lot of buzz. I believe it was 2018. Real pretty cars. That's what I know. Dude, Forza Horizon 4 has some real pretty-ass cars. I mean, cars for days. All the cars, every car. The one thing I did not sign on for when I was said I was going to play Forza Horizon 4 is I didn't know that I would be introducing myself to an MMO, which is exactly oh, yeah. what this oh, really? game feels like. Okay. Yeah, like kind of came out of nowhere. So it has like a lot of the older Forza things. You know, it has the lines on the road that basically tell you when to slow down to do a turn, when to hit the gas, stuff of that nature, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. But I mean, I personally have always been more of a uh, arcade style gamer uh, or racer. Like I like Burnout, yeah. 
um, Split Second, you know, Mario Kart. I grew up on Need for Speed. Yeah. yeah. So like the super simulation on vehicles has never really been for me. Um, but there are some of those elements here. Like you can do the time rewind. So if you like miss a gate or something of that nature, they're not going to let you finish the race unless you hit the gate. So you're basically able to rewind like 10 or 15 seconds at a time, which is really nice because if you screw up, you just hit a button and then you're all good again. But the downside of that is also like, I feel like I'm constantly rewinding or at least I was in the beginning. to like get that perfect turn. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember hearing that those games be- are like more. Is it kind of like open world? It's like open world MMO. Yeah. yeah, so it's like super open. It's like open world, and you just kind of get in, and it's like do whatever you want. We have stuff to do, <laughs> and you know, there's like a whole bunch of different things. There's you know, race series. There's dirt series. There's road race. There's drag strip. There's cross country. So there's all these different types of races, and as you do like a certain type of race, more of that type of race unlocks. Mm. so it's um and and i think sean you've been playing a game that's a lot like this where you look at the map and there's just like a ton of games or a ton of things to do on the map so i constantly find myself like going and checking stuff off the list you know what i mean now is there a what what kind of races do you gravitate to? are you you a drift guy or are you a what ones do you (laughs) unlock tokyo drift yeah i just basically turn up the tokyo drift uh soundtrack and just crank it all (laughs) the way up and just go lions tigers bears oh my ride uh-huh. so you are a fan. yeah that's okay. gold that's gold <laughs> yeah of course no i'm a super <laughs> fan okay don't, don't hate on it don't hate on it super well, yeah, fan um so like i i'm kind of all over the place you know it's kind of like whatever in my proximity i'm trying to experience um, I know I'm not the type of gamer that's going to go and play every single thing on the map. So I'm just mm-hmm. kind of going for a breath of what mm-hmm. they have, you know, try a little bit of this, try a little bit of that and just like, experience everything. So what I've experienced, I like the variety is pretty stunning to be honest with you. So as you guys know, there's like four different seasons that they cycle through. I think you start off in the summer and go to spring mm-hmm. and then the last season you go to is winter. And like when the seasons change, it's really amazing how you can really feel the difference in the road traction. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I've been pretty impressed. And like coming around and like drifting into a corner, like if you're going from summer to snow, you feel the difference, especially when you're like in like a supercar or something like that and you hit the snow, like yeah. you're spinning out. It's going to happen. Is there is there an area that reminds you of Seattle or Portland or something in the winter time? Um, <laughs> because where everyone's get driving nowhere. like two miles per hour. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's like just it's just traffic. Like you just pull up and it's just a line of red lights. Right. It's like it's like a fire truck sliding sideways down the hill in front of so you. You're just waiting to die. Yeah. So, okay. So this is on your backlog, right? Yeah. How 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 do you beat this game? How let's, that's, let's talk about that. So, so that's kind of like part of the conversation that we need to have right now is because I put in probably like, I think my count got to 15 hours okay. today right. when I checked it and I looked on how long to beat and like the average is 11 and a half. Mm-hmm. And I basically got to a point in the game where it's like, okay, good job. You're a great racer. Now you can do this and this <laughs> and buy this season pass and do this. 
okay, I guess I'll keep playing. Did, did you? Okay, is there end credits? There okay, are not. So then, no, then in, make it in, clear, you have to play 200 hours of this game for it to be. No, uh, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Uh, that's what I was hoping okay. you would say. Not. Does, does Forza have like driver's licenses like Gran Turismo does or stuff where like you unlock like better, you access to better cars and stuff? Yeah, so they basically have like a player level, and that kind of feels almost like a prestige type level in a modern warfare game. You know what I mean? Like you just kind of level up, and then each car has its own skill tree, hmm. and the skill tree isn't really like super impactful to the driving. But you know, yeah, like as you choose your favorite car, you can kind of like choose different perks on the way up the ladder, and some of them are just like you know, take a spin in our slot machine and get a new car, more credits, or whatever the case may be. Nice. So it's yeah. it's pretty interesting. I've been I've been enjoying it. Like the music's really good. Um, they have these events called showcase events where you race like something uh, that's not a traditional car, and it's all for the spectacle, right? So oh, you take on a hoverboat, you take on a plane at one wow. point, and it's just like it's like the number is completely arbitrary. It feels like like every time it's like you're in first, but like you'll always come off a jump, and then the the plane will fly right above you and, you know, kind of have the scenic moments. So there's some pretty cool moments in the game overall. Um, I'm also pretty impressed with the dynamics in the different environments. Like there's a whole beach area. So you can basically get like a slug bug buggy type dune runner and just like do a whole series of races over there. You can go out and race across the plains and you can either choose to follow the roadways or just cut right through the farmland which feels really cool. And then all of a sudden you'll hit like a foresty area where the trees will like mess you up. So you can't like just go directly through the trees. You actually have to slow down, either dodge the trees or take the roadways that they've carved out. Like so route. yeah, it's, it's really dynamic and it's really forcing me to like change my play style because, because for me, if like I see a, something pop up on my map, I'm going to take the direct line A to B if I can for the most part. But you can hit like rock quarries or stuff of that nature that'll force you to um change your play style. No. So it's been good. Feels like it has like that gear turning tune up appeal of a traditional Forza mm-hmm. game. Um, but it feels like you can completely sidestep it. And I say that because I have completely okay. sidestepped it. Like <laughs> I want nothing to do with differentials and gears and all that stuff. Well, unfortunately um, for you, that's the only yeah. way you can beat the game. So you let me know. Yeah. So one thing I will say about the tuning is like, I want nothing to do with it, but you can basically take it back to the, you can take your vehicle to your house. You can buy homes in this because you can. Is it really? Yeah, like exactly. Is it a, mo- is it a motor home? <laughs> I have not unlocked the motor home. I have two homes currently. <laughs> one is a nice little cottage in the countryside. <laughs> you have a, but um, with the tune-up, you can take it back to your home and basically get online and download the tune-up uh, off the internet. Mm-hmm. So, like you know, oh. the gearheads that are out there basically just upload their builds, and you can purchase them for an in-game credit number. I um, love when you can do that. It's so awesome. Cool. Yeah. It is. And like they make it dummy proof to where like, you know, this car comes with an A rating and the number is 700. Well, if you go and you look at the tune ups, you can basically say, okay, it's an S1 rating. 995 is is the rating Mm. here or whatever the case may be. So me being (laughs) not caring, big number, that one. And then like I'm good to go. (laughs) You know, it's just that easy. 
more yeah. ta- more horsepower go more fat <laughs> and then exactly. obviously racing exactly. another just level of power so is that the only game you were tinkering on over this last week um no so as as the listeners probably already know covid19 is real we are in the throes of it this being march 31st um so this weekend i was able to plug into some jackbox on two different occasions on friday i played jackbox with my friend franklin um casey knows franklin shout out to frankie i know he's listening yeah yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed. We'll, we'll get yeah. him on. That's for sure. But no, we, we had a really good time playing with him. We tried to do it. We tried to play Jackbox via stream. So we tried to use Mixer and Twitch, but the latency mm. was a little much on our Friday night. Ninja. So Ninja luckily, was um, Mixer, obviously, at that moment. <laughs> that's that's exactly He's the what only it was. person dominating mixer given all his throws of money <laughs> yeah so so but luckily franklin owns it now, on Jack steam Fox, so he, we were able to play Jack in Fox, steam for those who don't know it's like a trivia game or it's a bunch of mini games party game party game give yeah. me an example because i've only seen people play it i've never played it but so what's the concept of it yeah so the general concept is that you set up a chat room if you will and you're able to add people to it and they hop on via their phone oh. so in the most traditional sense jock jackbox or what was the game you don't yeah, know jack you do was, was their first yeah, iteration like in like the late 90s yeah yeah and everybody would get their own controller and be able to answer trivia. And um, this is basically the same thing, but with technology being the way it is, we're able to throw up a room on stream. So we were using Skype right. in this case, throw up a room code, and then you're able to get Does in and answer. Um, we're playing. Or is it free? One. Yeah. Just the host. Just the host. Just the host. Yeah. yeah. Just the host. Um, so we were playing Party Pack 6. So we played a game called Joke Boat which basically starts off with every player filling out a Mad Lib style form. Nice. So give me a noun and give me a verb. And then what it, and then the next port, the next phase is basically like what happens when Captain Hook does this? And then you write a punchline to that joke cool. and then you perform oh. it and then they vote on yeah, who the best one is. So oh, it's man. pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like it comes up, you know, the, the punchline. So you kind of sit in front of your friends and read off Why? the joke crafted. Better so that was question. pretty cool. Why did I, I, I deflect? I said, "Why invite?" Oh, oh, you're you're breaking up. You're breaking up. Um, I thought you told me you had to social distance in the park somewhere. Isn't that what you were doing? Nine o'clock no. Friday night. I just was sitting and crying, no. waiting for okay. my Jack party invite. But whatever. Um, we also played Murder Party Trivia Murder Party, which is in That's Jackbox Six, and that one was was a good time. Yeah, That's we right. had some yeah. fun. Um, and then on Saturday night, we played Drawful with my wife's oh. family via job, via Jackbox. And that one was actually free on Steam. Um, Drawful 2 was. It's basically oh, yeah. charades yeah, yeah. while drawing. So you if you're bored at home and you need something to do. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Not charades. charades. It's, yeah. It's, I it's like charades, but dude. Drawing. This is this is the sure, yeah, the charades yeah. of drawing right here. Yeah, uh-huh. where do you draw the line? <laughs> What's charade? What's dictionary? Nothing is sacred. Not in drawful. That sounds fun. That sounds like a good week uh, for you in gaming. Next time, give me an invite, dude. Now I'm just gonna cry after this thing. Sean, <laughs> what was your library before you talked about Assassin's Creed? I know that's what you've been uh, dabbling in. 862 games on whoa <laughs> a lot i've had a lot of gifted games from people oh, over the years. a lot of like really a lot of games. Games. 
that I'll never. <laughs> I also back in the day used to buy a lot of um, mm-hmm. humble bundles, and I was a humble monthly member for like a year and a half or so. So I got a lot of games that I had no intention to really ever play, but they were bundled in with games that I did want to play or stuff. So it's just like built up over the years. And then back when Steam sales were actually really good, I bought a lot of big bundles of like entire franchises or things. Like I had never played any of the Batman, oh, like the Arkham game. Great games. Uh, last year. So I decided like last fall that I'm like, I'm going to play through all of them in a row because I had never played any of them. So that was one of those things where I bought the franchise with the intention to play it at some point, but it took me a while, like years. Like I think I purchased it in 2015, the yeah. franchise pack. And played it. Well, like you four did years end up later. buying it not, or playing it, so that's good. What do you? What What have you been playing lately? Yes, though? I've been playing a few games because I bounced around, but Assassin's Creed Origins. Oh, Origins. I've been trying okay. to get through. That. I love it. yes, Origins. So the oh, Greek I one, that's the newest. Odyssey. Yeah, okay, oh, Odyssey! It is. It is Odyssey. Man. <laughs> So yes, Odyssey. I'm not gonna make any mistakes on this podcast. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, go ahead. Yes, so that's probably that's not really backloggy, but it's one that I've wanted to get through, and I keep putting it down. And it's I've kept it installed just to motivate me to play it because I like that's one of my key things. If I if I uninstall it, it's going off my it's going back in the pile of 800 plus (laughs) games of maybe I'll get back to it someday. I really enjoy it. So one that's like that is Witcher 3. That would be a game that I really want to go back and beat. Because I've tried, I've got like 70 plus hours in that game, but I've never beaten it. Because every time I get distracted by other games, midway through or half, three quarters of the way through, I end up falling out of it before I finish it. So I have no idea how that, the game of the year ends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's great. Yeah, that, that game is awesome. I don't think it ends all that well, but I mean, just the the vast nature of Witcher Three is just worth the spectacle it. alone. How yeah. many hours? How many hours are you into Odyssey? Let's see. Let's see. What does the Steam say? It says seventy eight okay. hours, and I feel like I'm three quarters of the way through it. But I do yeah, a lot of the side quests and stuff. Myself. I know. I'm. I'm kind of. I think I'm kind of like Shelby, where like I'm more of a proximity mm-hmm. quester. So like. What I see, what I come across, like I'm not gonna, I'm not a completionist where I'll hunt down every little side quest. But if it's there, I feel compelled to do it. And Assassin's Creed, the newer games do a really good job with their writing and stuff that I enjoy. All the side quests, and I, I've always loved like Greek history yeah. or Greek like mythology, so it adds a whole other layer of precedent. Ooh, let's go fight the Minotaur. Well, it turns out it's not actually the Minotaur. It's like a dude that wears <laughs> like a bull's head on his. Thing and you can kill them, and then you can. And now I wear the Minotaur, head, the Minotaur on my now. head, so uh, <laughs> Minotaur now. Yeah. <laughs> Out of all the Assassin's Creed you played, would you rank it higher or lower? Like if you were to rank them, is this one of your favorite ones, or is it just middle of the pack? I guess to add on top of that, I after Batman decided I'm going right. to play through all the Assassin's Creeds because I'd only ever, I'd only ever played the second one and the first on. one. Why would you do that to yourself? You come <laughs> off of Batman and then dive into Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I don't know. It was a wild ride. It took me like a full year. I played all of them now, other than like the side ones. But yes, I would rank Odyssey towards the top because I like Greek history as well. It adds the... a whole other layer. Sean, are you playing as Cassandra or Alexios? I'm playing as Cassandra. Yeah. Awesome. She's a badass. Does she She's have a, a badass. or something? Or did I just yeah. that from my head? She has an eagle. 
which was a supposedly a gift from Zeus. The beauty of uh, Odyssey is that they just go completely off the rails. Like mm-hmm. in the beginning, it was like, oh yeah, no, they have a hidden blade. They could totally actually do this. Yes. And I remember by Odyssey, it's like, here's a flaming horse. Like, we don't care. Like, God go, go fuck some shit up. Go for it. Yeah, it's funny because like by in Assassin's Creed 2, I think you meet Da Vinci and you have to like cut off your finger to, like he makes or replicates the... um the the uh the the hidden blade and stuff like that but then later in the later ones they're like oh yeah we figured out how to make it so you don't have to cut off your finger like that was always <laughs> unnecessary they don't know why they did it the, i think the assassin's creed's got really good with origins of odyssey a big caveat i would give is they don't play it all like the old ones like anything before origins or even syndicate very different from like if you played the first or second or like even Black Flag or stuff like that, those play like way different than the current ones. The current ones are more, I would say akin to like Witcher, even Skyrim or stuff like that, where it's Mm. more RPG heavy. Like you have talent, you have talent trees that you can specialize in and you can literally just go in balls to the wall and just go melee crazy. We're in like, I forget which Assassin's Creed it is. I want to say it's Brotherhood or something where they force you to be stealthy and sneaky and you get you get messed up if you try and like just go in there and just and go balls to the wall swinging your sword around where in these yeah. ones in these ones it's just like kill 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 nice. do whatever you want be a bad murder porn. <laughs> so like when i played through that i i went through like the main story and then there's almost like a parallel story to that yeah. it's almost like a a brotherhood or secret organization Is i forget the name of it Is this a cosmos that's it the cult of the cosmos That's, they're like the main bad guy group because you know in the older games it's always like the illuminati or the knights templar or whatever and this one you don't even go in the real world i don't think so in this one at all and that yeah. was the worst part of a lot of the older ones where you'd cut back to the real world that, and that's that like the most important always, part even in the first two made ga- me like i was like i don't like this game like i liked it if it was just me in that world i like that concept not this like oh you're in a sim i was like no nope, this is done i'm done washing my hands yeah and it's like even if you i don't know if you watched the movie no. but the Part movie the movie was bad and i i declare the movie was really bad because they focused so much on that out of the they focused yeah. out of the 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 instance or the world they focused on the real world i'm like that's the most boring part of the, game. part of the game it's just too bad because i really feel like there's potential yeah. there yeah totally. you know what i mean like you get jacked into the matrix and you learn how to dodge bullets and then you come out of the matrix and you can dodge bullets like and that my- concept is cool anything else you're playing well i just started playing ori and the will of the wisp through that yeah, yeah, I love that game. I felt like I could just button mash through the first one, whereas this one I had to like stop and be like, okay, all I'm doing is hitting X. Yeah. I need to reevaluate. Yeah, so I can't wait to unlock more abilities and things to really like, because from what I've heard, there's like some decent combos you have to really. The movement, and you can move around like dash and, and like basically fly and stay in the air a bunch and do all these things as you go progress and things. Yeah, it, it's a very beautiful point. game to watch too. I yeah. think Blind Forest is out on Switch, and I always look at it when it's on sale. I'm like, hmm, maybe, but then my backlog, you know, I just don't want to commit to that. <laughs> yeah, no, just I got keep adding games. to I got it. my games. Uh, I have my homework. I have to do. I even bought Mountain Blade Two Bannerlord. So this is my problem. Oh, the new games it. keep coming out. I can't finish the games finished before See, the new. Yeah, kids, so that's when you have kids, backlog. Is backlog bad. becomes like I can't. I can't. <laughs> add to this i need to be realistic no when, when you when you have kids they become right, your excuse right. for why oh, you can't finish game but sometimes you do have to get a new game every once in a while you know on that note speaking of new games i've been cool household is really focused on animal crossing 
my wife and I just had a heated argument about it before we started form- filming the podcast, recording the podcast. <laughs> so we are progressed to a point where you can get your first villagers, right? And what they want, which is new in the other, any other games, and this is one of the best iterations of Animal Crossing I've ever played. I played New Leaf, and I played the GameCube version years ago, and I really love New Leaf. But what they did really well with this is that you have a crafting aspect of the game, right? And if you're the island resident, you get more access mm-hmm. to it. So I explained that to my wife. She's like, well, I want to have the access. Then. I'm like, well, no, we just need to work together. I don't want to work together. <laughs> okay. So, well, <laughs> then make your own island. The one, thing. the one thing on the internet. Well, yeah, the one, it's Nintendo. The one thing on the internet that's killing this is everyone shared an island. So critics gave the game a very good meta score, like an 80 or 90, I believe, on Metacritic. Then the users came on, and the users put yeah. it 61 because all the butthurt people that didn't want to share an island Ooh. just were flippant. You know, it's the vocal <laughs> minority, but they just attacked it on Metacritic. But I, I'm enjoying the game, and my son loves it. He loves just catching bugs and digging for dinosaur building. Well, that's because you're the island king or whatever. You're, that's why you love it. I've gone to my friend's islands now. I've gotten all the fruit. I have Got all this. the fruit you can get in the game, all the types. Make that a priority. <laughs> what about the bugs? Time. Because I'm not, I'm trying not to time travel. Time traveling, for those that don't know, is you go change turn clock to like days ahead. I have only done it fruit grow fast this mm-hmm. time, but now I know I'm going. Back Ooh, so you have done it. Uh, Ooh, you're a cheater, dude. <laughs> but truth comes out. Nintendo's yeah, gonna get you. It, I hope you know that. <laughs> anyway, so my wife, I she's not interested in working with me on it. And I'm like, okay, whatever. The part of the the three houses, my son recruited a penguin. I recruited an octopus, and Adrian got another critter on her flight. And it's like a bird. And uh, so to get them to come in your town, they make you go plot their land. But then you have to get interior items and exterior items for the house. So I got all the exterior items done, right? I put my son to bed tonight. And I read a story. And I come out. And I go to my wife. I'm like, oh, did you see all the furniture outside? She's like, yeah, I took that and sold you. What? She goes, what? What? It was there for me to take. I go, you're a thief. She goes, no, it's just there. So I'm like, do you go and take our neighbor's shit out of their front yard? <laughs> I'm going to use that as an excuse. It was just there for me to take. I'm like, I tried to explain this to you. She's like, well, you, you, don't, you didn't tell me anything. You need to communicate better. Yeah. Classic victim shaming. I'm like, this is your fault. <laughs> this is your fault. Basic good behavior to you. Don't steal. There we go. I'm glad we've had that conversation now. Did she call <laughs> Finders Keepers when she sold it? Because that was really the deal breaker. Bath out. She has a bunch of, I'm like, go put it back at those houses right now. Because now I'm going to have to recraft those items because it's going to set me back. <laughs> so that pissed me off. You know what you need to do? I was just thinking of this. You need to send your wife off to other people's islands mm. to go steal stuff from them. You know, you need to go. Because yeah. I hear you can steal fruit. You can steal yeah, then the, you can steal whole trees, I heard. Tree, like, can yeah. you, like, dig up a tree? Dude, this is basically the oh, worst no. game to come out during COVID-19. It's like, right? give Hoarding? me a playground. I owe the bank money, right? But I'm just going to go steal my neighbor's stuff to pay my just stuff like off. Life. I think this is... Talked about that, because she wanted to go to other people's islands, but I only have the single person in Nintendo online, so you pay $20 for the year and one person. If you want your family and other users, it's just 35 for the year. Uh, I can pay another $15. She's like, no, it's fine. I was like, mm, you're thinking about it. I just got to keep wearing it down, and eventually I'll get that family pack. <laughs> so I'm like envisioning a dark future, Casey, where like your son and your wife like eventually stop playing this game, no, and now you have to I'll, juggle I'll three profiles. Where'd my house go, Dad? You weren't using it. I don't forget. 
Gator, please. <laughs> no, playing that. I actually played a lot of games this week. And part of the, the, men, the Nintendo Direct that dropped on Thursday, they announced I have Marvel's Alliance, the third iteration for the Switch, the Ultimate Alliance. And I really enjoy that game. It's a great beat em up. I love beat em ups, but it's also kind of Diablo esque. And they dropped the mm-hmm. third expansion for it. And I paid for the expansion pack. And the third expansion has an added story because after you beat it, that's what goes on after that. And you get uh, five new characters. And it's the Fantastic Four, and I believe you get Doctor Doom. So I played Ooh. to the point where I got the Fantastic Four and tried them all out. Uh, Mr. Fantastic can do a move where he turns into a ball and he keeps bouncing and attacking. And it, they did a really good job with it. If you want a good like couch co-op game with your friends where you're just beating things up, if you like, if you love Final Fight or Streets of Rage or games like that, I highly recommend Marvel Alliance, especially if it goes on sale. But the DLC was worth it. It was 20 bucks expansions. They've done a lot to it. Their expansion aspects I like is that they have this thing called the danger room where you, if you had your friends play against like four other people online and you try to beat, you race a team of four to beat the level and you get a ranking so you can race. So there's a competitive uh-huh. aspect, but I played that. I put more into dragon quest. I am done with all the side quests, side quests that are in the 3d world. And now there's a world where you go back because you feel spirits in the game called toggles. Cause I'm at the end game. There's this thing where you can go back and you go to these different universes, but what they are, it's, all the previous Dragon Quest games. So it's all previous of them. Like, it's a little hmm. mission in each one, and it's in 2D, so it looks like it did on the NES, SNES. It's like a sprite drop-down. It's really cool. You can actually... Cool. That's the last one I played was no. on the NES, probably. <laughs> yeah. Real graphics to 2D. Whole game in 2D, like an old-school Dragon Quest. It's a really cool... cool. Shit, the beautiful Akira Toriyama Dragon Ball art. It's one of my... That I played JRPGs a long time. It definitely would go in my top ten of all time. Uh, it's been fun, and it's fun. I'm I'm kind of sad that I'm gonna beat it, but I'm ready to beat it at the same time. Like I've enjoyed my time with this game, and it's one of the big ones on the list. Yeah. I also think I'm gonna pick up and finish. I'm gonna just go into Dragon's Dogma: Dark Arisen next because I hate myself, and I want to. I, I need to have a chat with the person who recommended <laughs> that game to me, but that'll be for a different day. Um, and then the. But the other game I played is called my toilet game because I play it when I poop or when I'm uh, like if my wife and I have to drive somewhere, it's going to be my go game. Uh, you poop in the car? Who doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you don't? Like, yeah. I started playing Ocarina of Time. And I the I'm a grown up. I just got the fire suit and I'm at the second temple, the fire temple of Death Mountain. And, I, you know. As a kid, that nice. was, the next temple is where nice. I stopped, just when I got busy with life. So that's going to be the big hurdle, getting back to the Zora, because everyone hates the ice level. That's like notorious yeah. in Zelda. Water temple, oh. always. It, tur- it yeah. turns into ice yeah. when you're when an you're adult? adult? It's ice. And, and or is it when you're, you're a kid? Fish, and you're fighting in the fish's guts. Yes, and you have to carry yeah. the stupid the, princess yeah. all around. You have to hit like it's vocal cords. <laughs> And I'm playing that. I remember. Yeah, sometimes I turn the 3D on, and like this really hurts my eyes. And it's not like cool, but uh, I'm enjoying it, and it's a good monkey to get off my back. It is great Zelda. I love playing Ocarina. I love riding Epina. I'm going to probably I'm going to have a bunch of games beat all at once. So it's going to be like this big, like oh, I beat this, 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 and this. It's going to be one week where it's like oh, Casey beat four or five games. That's my goal. <laughs> Um, and that is what I play. But Animal Crossing, be careful, folks, because it will make you leave your loved ones. My wife and I are at odds. Not happy about it. <laughs> now, we have a new segment we want to start today. And this is a non-video game related segment. And we like to call it Tell Me Something Good. Much like the song, Tell Me Something Good. 
<laughs> our interest outside of gaming yeah um so my wife and i much like the rest of the world uh in the last week have fallen down this rabbit yes. hole of the netflix documentary series called tiger King. <laughs> yes watched it what is this this is madness it's, it's like, like I, it's like you can't look away yeah. what's well, made from this <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it That's is like is it really oh i didn't know that but like I was blown away that like it took me seven hours and I like couldn't look away the entire time. <laughs> and every episode is like completely out of left field. You're like, okay, I get a feel for where this thing is going, yeah. and then it's like, skirt, like immediate left turn. It's just nuts. So my wife and I have been like, like why? Why do we like this? And then recommending it to everybody. COVID nineteen. They're gonna be like, oh, quarantine <laughs> and Tiger King. Those are gonna be like the two things that people remember. Uh, yep. <laughs> So, okay, let me ask you some questions. Here. Yeah, I believe it. Carol Baskin, did she kill her husband? <laughs> oh, did she do it? Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah, she killed her husband. I know, right? Dude, she has tigers. That's the best solution well, the for any dead body. Like, yeah, Just like, whoop, like, go to the tigers. Right? Like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what, what we said when we watched right. it. It was like, uh, uh, how do you know? But. Actually, she would know. Yeah, she would know. Yeah. He escaped. He flew away because he had tons of money. So I'm, I think I think that's a story too. His, you know, I love how his daughters like. Yeah, he was a sexaholic, and then in Costa Rica, like prostitution's legal. So uh, duh, do I see there all the time? Yeah, it was a. Uh, I I'm kind of thinking that, but they opened that case. The police in her. I think she's in Tampa, right? Florida, which is a, Tampa's a city. There, she's in Florida. Uh, yeah, the I void. <laughs> the void of uh, Florida. So, so yeah. that case got back <laughs> up. They're going to start investigating that case again now because of that. But the other thing I was taken back from, how I'm surprised how cheap it is to buy a tiger. That was my big takeaway. I was like, okay, <laughs> right. I saw yeah. that $30,000, $2,000. My, like, I'm like, that's a golden retriever. That's a purebred golden retriever. Yeah. Maybe less. A German Shepherd, <laughs> you know, like a Shitsun attack. That's like 5000 bucks. Dude, the thing, the thing that blows me away is like the people that end up buying these tigers, though. Yeah, because Carol started with bobcats. What they say is bobcats the are the gateway guys. cat. <laughs> and also, why is it a good idea to have somebody interview you with your shirt off? Like, in the house. <laughs> like, it's not like it's sunny girl. out. Just yeah, put a shirt right? on, you know? The best part about it. The best part about it is that one tattoo that he has, like, on his lower abdomen. It's, like, property of Joe Exotic. And then he gets it covered. He gets it, like, tattoo covered after he'd left him for a woman and, like, moved on with his life. He gets it covered with a bull tattoo. I don't know if he caught it, but it doesn't even cover the whole text. <laughs> like, there's still text underneath you know, of it that's laying like, around it. <laughs> that, that's one that's been taking people by surprise. Uh, yeah. Now let's get into the news. So in the news this week, there's a lot of good gaming news. Uh, I want to start with, first and foremost, Nintendo, out of nowhere, with no dropped a mini Nintendo Direct on the Thursday the 27th, I believe. Yes, it was the 27th. And there was a lot of great games on the two biggest, the big one of the big announcements I know Shelby and Sean will speak to is that that looks to be Borderlands, Bioshock, and XCOM are heading to the Switch. 2K Games is going to be bringing and porting a lot of games to the console. 
And Mike, a lot of the questions I know that people come with, like, how are they going to make it look good? And I'm I, probably whatever they did to the to make the Witcher run on the Switch, they're going to do that to those games. Nintendo Elf, dude, that's but, some black magic. I don't know how they made that work. But I, th- I thought the Witcher is kind of iffy on the Switch, or is it? Am I just yeah, thinking of people that played it on PC and they're like, oh, it's not as pretty? He's not a PC gamer, he's not, you know, he's not Master Race. Um, I think you're onto <laughs> something, Sean. Though I, I heard it what didn't run as well, but you know, I mean, but I, I thought it ran really well on the Xbox, and they were really going for something yeah. visually. So they're going to yeah. have to downres to get it on the Switch. That's yeah, just, right. You know how it goes. It's cool I that think, it actually they're, works they're on there something. for sure. I give them props. Uh, the yeah, other thing that was yeah for fit, sure. You know, ring fits are really hard to get right now because everyone's locked inside. They're one of the hottest selling games uh, on like on eBay or resale. They're going for exponentially worse. So if you have one and you need to sell it, you can make some coin. But they're making a new Ring Fit. Uh, there's a free content update coming out. Another game that stuck out to me was one. It's called King's Bounty 2. And that's a 1990 tactical RPG inspired game like Heroes of Might and Magic. Uh, and it's on a character's move on hexagon yeah. tiles. And it's like a, but it's a map. And it looks like, I know Sean's a big Civ and plays a lot of Warhammer games. It looks like it was up your out. I've played King's Bounty before. Um, well, it's very much like a like Heroes of Might and Magic. If you ever played those games back in the day, where it's like you move on like a hexagon kind of map, and then basically when you run into an enemy or like a place, it basically spawns a, a map that you took combat on, and everyone kind of lines mm-hmm. up on each side. It's basically like playing chess in a way, but in game form and kind of fun. I don't know. I can't speak to this new age of king's bounty kind of stuff but right. that's the basic premise is it's all turn-based kind of turn-based strategy or combat kind of stuff oh. with with like okay. fantasy flair something i would like to try another thing that's coming to the switch is called clubhouse games it's 51 classic games like you can play backgammon chess mancala and you can use the touch screen on the pullout part of the switch and play the games like mm-hmm. that you don't so the thing that sticks out to me about that is wii u originally dropped they did a cover for this where like people could play those games and then you could grab the because remember wii u had the controller pad that was a touch screen right people could play these games like they are showing on the switch and then if they're yes. losing they could pick up the board and make all the pieces fall you know for like that asshole friend that you have that will knock over a board game when they're losing it was just like that so that looks like it could be something fun for people that like to have actual little yep. board games there's a new pokemon expansion coming in june and they did a little more news on that the big news they announced in their next Smash Brothers pack for those Smash fans out there, their next character for the first pack, and they announced it without actually saying it. They just basically said the character is going to be someone from the game Arms. I don't know if you guys remember Arms. Woo! Yeah, it's kind of like, there's That's the, like a launch title for the Switch, so wasn't it? Gone out of people's memory. The thing about it is, it's not going to be Springman because so he is a yeah. spirit on the board game, and they've openly said. Anybody that's a spirit is not going to be in the game. And that's basically just to make all the Waluigi fans sad. Why they said that. <laughs> I know. Bring <laughs> on Waluigi. People just bring him in already. Why right. are they? Why? Is Daisy why did I not do that? Is Daisy in? Daisy's in, isn't she? I agree. I agree. Yeah, if Daisy's I in, the Waluigi should be. Get Agreed. Steve from Minecraft and Crash Bandicoot in. I think that's like the next two that they need personally. It's just they're big, man. Smash is <laughs> That'd be cool. that's the game where it happens. But I'm pretty sure it'll be another Pokemon at one point too from the new game. They need uh, the kid from Secret of Evermore. Yes. Coming out this month that I'm very excited for is called Trials of Mana. Trials of Mana in Japan is called Second Detsu Three because Se- uh, Secret of Mana the f- yep. sec- is the 
in Japan. It's called Seikendetsu 2. This is the third predecessor to that. They, early in the summer, released the Super Nintendo version, finally translated like 30 years later for fans to play. But now they're doing this great <laughs> overall wow. graphical remake of it. And what's really cool is if the three of us wanted to play a game, we could each pick an individual character. And if as long as like, oh, let's get on tonight and run through the story, we could play the story as our three characters and progress the game that way and play that game online. I think that's great. I w- I, I'm trying to convince someone to do it with me, so we'll see. Uh, and then the other game that got a really good one that <laughs> right. I'm very excited about is a game called Bravely Default 2. Bravely Default 2 is from Square Enix. It's from a small studio. The last game that they made was Octopath Traveler, which Sean knows in great detail how much I love because it's what I talked about for a summer straight. It's a great he game, does. but Bravely Default 2 <laughs> looks beautiful as a game that I will be getting this summer, and it, look, I'm very excited. And that was the Nintendo Direct. It is a jam. What kind of game is Bravely Default? It's like Octopath Traveler. What's really cool is if you ever played Final Fantasy V, you have four characters, but then you can get job classes, and then you can build the character to have certain perks based off the job classes, and then they can have that as a passive ability, like. Right. Oh, I make this person a... And the job class can be really weird. There's, like, pirate, there's ninja, there's doctor, there's... Um, doctor. Well, in Bravely Second, in Bravely Second, <laughs> the hero game, which is not the sequel to Bravely in this Default time. 2, it, it, it's, it's just a standalone game. Bravely Default 2 is the sequel. Bravely Second, they made, like, a cat mancer where you could, like, call kittens yeah. to come and attack people as a job class. And one of the job classes <laughs> in Bravely Default is awesome. like a vampire. In, you can be one of those two. It's a really w- well-done game. The one thing that got annoying about it to me was because it's about alternate universes where you can go back and reset so you keep resetting and resetting and resetting because you want this event to happen and you keep doing it you're fighting the main the bosses again also i've changed my answer for (laughs) smash bros i think they need to add the cat mancer to to the game that's actually the right answer yeah But Bravely Default is just like one of those games that I just understood it to be unpenetrable for me. Like there is yeah. just no way I would never, I would ever be able to go in there and play through it. I mean, it was just dense. I didn't truly, oh, like, to be honest so, with you, I didn't really understand the whole default right. thing. It's like I'm just gonna wait back and not attack, and then it's gonna boost me. Like I never really wrap my head around that gameplay, but I also well, never really give it a chance. Thing, but the default battle system is really fun because you have to be really strategic about, do I want to just, what I would do always is if you go full default to three, you can make your character do eight moves in a row. And you could do wow, something where if your friends on 3DS, you could summon one of their characters for an attack if they recorded the attack. So if anybody ever recorded an attack that was like for 100,000 damage or something ridiculous, you could summon that attack of the boss fight and it would come in and just wreck shop. It was great to have. Like, oh, let me use my friend's attack. At that it's a really fun JRPG when you get to the one, so I'm excited about that. The real exciting Nintendo news that was leaked by first Eurogamer <laughs> Kotaku covered the reports as well. Nintendo plans to announce new Mario games and remaster to celebrate the 35 year anniversary. The talks are they are remastering Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, all the classic Mario's for the Switch, and that gave me a little like flutter wow. of the heart because a good old and a nice. Mario 64 man can't beat it and i love mario galaxy so i'm hoping that will get the remake too well i feel like with mario maker technology they yeah. can they can remake the well, retro like make, classic that's the one thing really missing from mario maker is that right. you could make you know? a board where your character can go to your different levels you know like if they could just make make a yeah make a map make a mario world right like super mario gotcha, world, like you make your own i think that's the missing thing i would love for them to give zelda the mario maker treatment but it's just zelda dungeons 
like the old top down one. I think that they could do that. Yeah, whole... that'd be cool. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't tried to like release those packs on the Mario Maker mm. games. Like here, play Super Mario original you yeah. know what i mean and just make it in the nes art style i don't even know if they have it on the mario right. maker but they could basically pre-build those levels just and just release them as packs and charge their like, customers that would be really smart people move. that make really interesting games i'm pretty sure nintendo's like watching and saying like who's making good games let's get in contact with them i'm sure that they're paying attention to that i yes, would hope true. so but i mean that's nintendo true. is really good at stepping on the deck let's be real have you ever played the um it's like a no. flash game kind of thing, but it's called Unfair Mario. It's like an oh, no. It's like if I think if you Google Unfair Mario, it goes to like like a, basically like an old flash game, but it's like playing the classic Mario game, but it's kind of in the um like if you know like I'm the Boshi, those kind of like really hard games where like the game is basically trying to like defeat you, like the world drops out, you die. Basically, it's like a die fail, die fail, die fail. Like you just learn the math. Um, mm. yeah, it's an interesting take on it, and it will make you. Have want you to seen the face, Mario? But, uh, game but it is kind of cool. Battle Royale game? No, no, no. Mario Battle Royale. So no. Start on I saw Mario Rabbit level one, and there's hundred <laughs> people playing, and you can see where they drop out, and you're racing against them to beat the level, so you can't jump on each other, you can't interfere with each other, but you can see where people start dying out. That was big on Twitch. That's I cool. have seen that. I actually have. Now that you, dude, Forza, is it, is Forza it a, had a battle royale. So. Really? Is it a demolition? Yeah, game? it was crazy. But so, like in this Mario, no, it's like a like it's like a collapsing ring. So they throw you in the map, and the ring collapses. And then if you see another player, you can challenge them to a race, and then they'll just drop oh. a random finish point somewhere within the circle. Huh. So it's like. Oh, there he is. Boom. Okay. I challenge him and then use it race to it. Yeah, it was neat. And then they have like different buildings where you can pull up on it. And like you start you, they start you in like a shitty mini coop or something. And then you pull up to a barn. And it's like, you found a Porsche and then you race off. Oh, so it's, it's kind of like, like gun uh, game supply like... drops. Yeah. Supply drops. Yeah. I would assume that they're going to announce it in June when E3 was supposed to happen. Yeah. Cause these leaks and stuff came about mm-hmm. because people think they were planning to release them at E3 right. or and something. And, the, and now it's just kind of trickling out there. Paper Mario as well. Originally broke on Video Game uh-huh. Chronicles. It's a British gaming website. Gotcha. If you want to read or learn more about that, that's where you can go to see that story. Our next news story to keep it moving along. Epic Games is just coming in and buying about three key publishers for game studios now. Epic Games has declared it will become a publisher for three game companies with plans for more in the future. In an announcement last week, the popular game developer declared that it's signed for Remedy Entertainment, best known for Quantum Break and Control in recent times, Game Design, famous for PlayStation 4's The Last Guardian, which is a very beautiful game, and Play Dead, which developed Limbo and Inside, which I know is a fan mm-hmm. favorite. And I think the big reason a lot of companies are going there is that Epic has been very open about how they split the money through their IPs because they don't want control. They want the developers to make games and that how they're going to get it's epic will be covering all the costs and then they only want 50 mm-hmm. percent of the cut because epic makes all their money off of fortnite they got that fortnite money yeah oh dude oh, fortnite yeah. is just printing money like it's it's just unreal that that one game had mm-hmm. basically turned into a game store for pc and now this move like <laughs> it's just unreal how one game can just traject a, com- a company to these uh these heights the best part about it was that fortnite that wasn't even supposed to be the main game like the main game was supposed to be that tower defense right. kind of build game and they just made the right. battle royale part as just like a side well, hustle no, basically and then that blew PUBG's up and idea. killed the main game PUBG was on 
their it was on Unreal, right? And they're like, oh, look at all these people playing PUBG. Let's just put it in this game we're working on. Because I remember our friend that gave us codes mm-hmm. on our 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 private server. Do you remember Sean to Fortnite? And when we got it, that was like Fortnite Alpha, and it was not yeah. a battle royale. It was like build a bait. It was a very different game. That's right, kids. I played Fortnite before you even knew yep. what it was. Before it was cool. Oh, God, I'm such a game hipster. But yeah, before it was that, cool. Like, like 2015, <laughs> 2016, it was and it was not that game. And so I was like, oh, Fortnite finally came out, and then it yeah. the world over. Yeah, well, I remember when Fortnite... Uh, sorry, we are talking about Fortnite so much. But when Fortnite <laughs> first came out, and they said they were going to be releasing it yeah, as it free to play, and I think it got to consoles before PUBG did. Yeah. PUBG was just really... PUBG was buy, is buy to play. You have to pay thirty bucks or sixty bucks or whatever to play it. And then for, I remember when hearing that they were making Fortnite Battle Royale free to play, and it was coming out on the console first. I'm like, oh man, this is gonna shake. Yeah, they're gonna do really was, well. No, it and came it came out, came out like a Christmas time or something too. So the, the baby all kids had nothing to do. Cause I, yeah. I, oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. That's what it was. Summer. It was all oh, that's for the kids. Yeah. Yeah. So Epic has all this money to buy those publishers. I I'm a big fan of. Uh, yeah. Play Dead and Limbo and Inside, those are really cool platforming type games. Um, I know people love Control this last year, so it's interesting that they bought Remedy. Yep. I'm very curious what Gen Design will do, though. Last Guardian, I always will forever remember for the game that was delayed more than any other games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was pretty. At some, right. time, at some point, I'm like, oh, wait, that did Even actually come out. It, I mean, this is like the next logical step for Epic, though. You know what I mean? Like, they, they had mm-hmm. Fortnite that blew up, and that does have a shelf life. I mean, like anything, mm-hmm. there's something that's going to come behind it. It needs launch. And you saw Apex come out to huge fanfare. Yep. You know, you have multiple battle royales that are eating or mm-hmm. eating up their demographic or market. So they're making smart moves, yeah. you know, by launching that store and giving, they've been giving games away on that store to buy customer loyalty. And I think it's working. Going back to like the the Steam library and like the multiple libraries, I've been using them for the past month, maybe. Uh, Good old games, if you know what that is. For anyone that plays old games, GOG. GOG have their own launcher called GOG Galaxy. Um, It's in beta. I think it's like beta 2.0 or something right now. But I've been using that for the last month. And you can import all of yours. Like I got my Steam library, my GOG library, my Epic library, Uplay, Xbox, Origin, Battle.net, Bethesda. All of them are in this one. Um, and it's been working pretty smooth. Uh, the yeah. friends list is kind of the most wonky part. It, like the Steam friends list will disappear or reappear sometimes. But, but so it's so nice does it basically move. show that you own those games? Like if wow. you're inheriting a library from a console, can you play them there yeah. or not? It's like it actually also tracks all your. You can import all your like metadata, like your achievements and things like that, and it'll actually give you like a summary of like this week or this month you've done this many achievements or you've played this many games on steam or things so on pc i definitely recommend it if you have a bunch of things on different launchers because i'm the same i have 800 and whatever games on steam i really resisted downloading more and more things but as publishers go more and more to only releasing them on their own things like ea or whatever i'm like i need a like conglomerate way to bring them all together Mm. Our final news story goes back to Shelby and I touched on GameStop last week. So GameStop, my wife went and got a game from GameStop. For those of you who don't know, last week, and it was like a drug deal gone wrong. She had to, she's like, give, give me some of that Animal Crossing, and it was like through the door, like a speakeasy. Ooh, yes. I got some of that Animal Crossing. It was a very <laughs> transaction, but they just hold on. Is GameStop thing. an essential service? 
<laughs> that's the question. Is that way? Oh, why are they open at all? You know, but yeah. uh, GameStop, despite a slim profit over the last couple <laughs> years, so it brings them down to like five thousand two hundred, I believe. They like to call it consolidating. The Realigning our assets. Uh, Those are my favorite words. Join GameStop's board of directors and Iceland show be a lot of places they're trying to make GameStop's more of a hub and hangout where people can go yeah. and play games. Because like when I worked at GameStop when I was back in school getting my masters, we you would just have regular right. kids that come in because you know their parents were doing something or whatever or it's summer and they just want to play video games. They want somewhere to be safe. They want something to do and they try it. And there's a hangout for them. As long as they weren't obnoxious, we let them stay and play video games. And a lot of times you could get them to help. Like, hey, can you put these yeah. games back for me? Or, like the cases. And they'd be like, yeah. I'm like, sir. That's no, called no, no, no. child labor. And I'm pretty sure it's illegal. <laughs> anyway. So, but it's a <laughs> that model. But it's sad. It's sad when people lose jobs. I know GameStop was a part of my childhood. And I will miss it. But so it was Blockbuster. And I'm okay without Blockbuster. God, yeah, the, I used to rent from Blockbuster all the time. When those yeah. went away, it was weird. Fridays after school, Blockbuster, you get some takeout. <laughs> right. Yeah. I rented Echo the Dolphin countless times. Yes. <laughs> yes, Echo the Dolphin. Glorious game. So, like, so GameStop closes 300 more stores, right? right. So, and then, right. like, last week, we talked about them because they were keeping their stores open during the COVID scare, which, uh, you know, not great. But I think right. this is kind of an indicator of like, we need these stores open so we can keep stores open is, is what that feels yeah. like to me. So, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised well, if we see uh, GameStop fall even Doom further in the coming weeks. The same day. So that was a big day. And April has a lot of big hitters coming out. So the Final Fantasy yeah. 7 remake comes mm-hmm. out this month. The new One Piece Warriors 4, and I believe Last of Us 2 comes out in April. They yeah. oversaturated their own market. Because, like, there was a GameStop in, like, a city in Washington called Lakewood. There was a GameStop yeah. literally a block away from the other GameStop. They right. oversaturated yeah. their own market and made too many stores. And that seems to be, it's the sad truth. Like, it, if they got down to a 1,000 yeah. and yeah. made each one a novelty store and paid their employees better, I bet you they'd do fine. And uh, the other 4,000 stores are hearing me say this and like, oh, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but I mean, like, you know, I think if business is good, right. you can have multiple stores. I mean, it's the right. Starbucks and yeah. McDonald's comparison. You know what I mean? Keyword, like, yeah, no, they have one on every Starbucks. corner, but they're moving enough coffee or burgers to make it work. Mm-hmm. Whereas GameStop, their whole business model was based on the reselling of physical games. Right. So, yeah, that is it for news. I think we're going to wrap up our <laughs> yeah. show here today I feel with that. some uh, listener questions. And the first listener question, speaking of Final Fantasy VII coming out this month, this is from Matt in Livermore. He writes, what is your prediction on release intervals for each Final Fantasy VII installment? What length would be acceptable and when would fans start getting pissed? Because if you don't know, the first iteration of this game, Final Fantasy VII Remake, is just up to the point when they leave the first city, Midgar. What do you think would be acceptable releases? Yeah. That's a good question, Matt. I was going to say, one year would be my guess. Year a yearly release cycle, because then they can drag it out. They could drag it out. They could probably charge more if they wait that long. Where if, I think if they put them too close together, they're going to be like people are going to be like, I don't want to pay another sixty bucks or fifty bucks or whatever oh, for the second part. Well, that's part. the thing. I don't. What, I have don't they said know. what their I, price price is going to be, or is the sixty yeah, no, for everything? Then initially you're paying sixty dollars for the current thing that no they're buying, does. but I could see them charging full price for each game because of what's going into yeah. it. And that will piss off fans, gratefully. I could, too. Yeah. 
So, like, I don't know that that game well enough to know how far in to leaving um, the city or Midgard so is. Like, is that like a quarter of the game in? Is that like an eighth of a game in? Or it was so when you beat the first disc. Yeah, I I honestly think like their release schedule is going to be based on how well this thing sells. Like, if it yeah. sells Buku and goes crazy, which I think it plays on the nostalgia of people like in their mid thirties. Um, like I am, like, I think that's like the perfect time to be releasing something like this as a remake. Um, I think if it sells Buku, they're going to have to, they're going to get a little bit more time out of it. But if it like kind of doesn't do barn burners, I'm afraid they're going to push it out even further and dedicate less resources to it. The first disc ends at the Forgotten City when the biggest spoiler, the the biggest spoiler, I believe that they spoiled themselves on. Uh, if you remember the commercial, I believe it's when Eris dies. And that thing was they showed that in the commercial. I know. Spoiler. I've never played it. You ruined it for me. (laughs) No, I I knew that. I think. I think. So right as she dies or right after she dies. I hope they cut the I hope they cut the new game right as she like right after she's dying. (laughs) And it's like tune in next game to find out. Let's say the first disc had 22 parts to it, right? That's part, that's the first 10. There's another 12 parts that Mm -hmm. they have to do in just the first disc. And then it's a really long game. So I'm wondering if they'll be able to reuse some of those assets, right? Like hopefully in this first game, they're able to like create a lot of assets and build like the game dev tools to Mm -hmm. where they can uh, create it more efficiently moving forward. That's what I'd hope to see. Because I guess I think three releases I think they would make sense in my mind. To. Like, I don't think they can go I mean, any more than that. What do you guys like, think? From everything I've seen, people that I've talked to play that they've played the demo multiple times. I could see them doing six installments and doing it over three years and doing two a year. I think to answer Matt's question, though, I think people would start getting pissed off after a year. Wow. I think you got a year wow. at most to put out each little installment. But if, if it's as big as a game that they're making it, you're going to be paying top dollar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess the I guess the other part of this whole question is like, how long do you think technically it will take them to make those other parts versus oh, yeah, yeah. how long would they I, I wait like for you yeah, know release right, marketing wise? And I think, but you know, Square fans will put up with Good a lot point. of things, so I could see them waiting a year and a half. See, here's the thing: there's True. maybe people. Yeah, they'll buy anything. People are going to get pissed <laughs> off no matter what. Wow. I can see that. But I think people are more going to get pissed off at how much money they're going to have to put into this game. Yeah, it just depends. Mm-hmm. I really don't see them being like, oh, yeah, you only have to pay $60 once and that's it. I can I I see them definitely recently releasing like a season's pass kind of thing where it's like you pay like we'll release the first game for 60 bucks, And then next when the next parts come out or something, you pay 90 or 80 bucks, and you get all of them. Or, oh, you know, I it's it's hard to say because with Square... Square Enix, they can they do some crazy things that you wouldn't expect, like a Western audience wouldn't expect, because they can get away with it in Japan and stuff. Whereas Western audience is like, no, you're scared. That's like a scam almost. But then they're playing on nostalgia, yeah. so it's really hard to see or say what way they're going to go with the payment. Yeah. And that's got to be a hard marketing pitch too. Like, come buy the sixty dollar right. game. Oh, by the way, you're going to get ten hours, and it's going to end on a cliffhanger. Huh. Our next question: Why <laughs> did you guys start a podcast? Obviously, for the money and the fame. I, I can speak to why I started, but Shelby or Sean, for the- and Sean <laughs> actually, for me, what started was Sean was going coming back to the States to come back and done with, then we were talking, he goes, yeah, I've been thinking about starting a podcast. And I've always had the thought in my mind, because I worked in radio right out of college, and then I kind of took that as a sign, 
And then one time I was at Shelby's house because our families are friends and Shelby and I have known each other for a decade plus. And he's like, yeah, I bought this mic. You know, I don't know what to do with it. And I took that as just these two signs. And I was waiting for them to say, let's start a podcast. And then I really thought, like, wait, I'm the one with the experience in this. And then you started the coronavirus. And you were like, (laughs) now's the perfect time. Right. Right. I started it because it's a passion project. I love my current job. I love my day-to-day job. I wouldn't change anything. But I would love if this over time became something bigger than it is right now. That'd be really cool, too. And I got to do it with two of my closest friends. And I think that's an uh, important part. But it's mostly that fun. And it's also to escape my family so I can talk about video games. That's what we're recording this at 3 in the morning. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, you know, uh, very similar to you. Yeah. I mean, just kind of looking for a hobby. Uh, I feel like I keep my plate pretty full as it is. And it's normally focused on either family or business. And you don't really take that me time. I've always been a right. gaming hobbyist. Um, I have like all this game knowledge just living in my mind. Right. And it's absolutely useless. Every mm-hmm. once in a while it comes in handy on Jeopardy. But, uh, right. you know, podcasts a lot better use of, of that that information that I have. So it's, it's uh, fun for me to just be able to talk games um, in a public setting. And I've always been a fan of podcasts, uh, specifically in the reviewing process. So and just kind of taking like, a crack at it has been right fun now. for me. Yeah, what was your reason? I always thought forever even though i've done streaming and i've been on youtube and things like that, Sean, that Sean, i'm an Sean. uninteresting person I'm, I'm to watch and stuff i feel like i've got i've just kind of fallen into yeah. it but that's because i, I tricked them into liking me no i'm not like this at all no it's just i you know i i've been told that i'm a very genuine person and i i'll tell people i'm not gonna like right. bullshit people or tell like talk about things that i don't care about and stuff that's why i don't haven't done like really any ad deals because I won't do ads or right. things unless Only. it's something I actually believe it or like I'm not going to lie to people or anything like that it's like and I love games and they've been a big part of my life forever right. for whether it's for escapism or just bonding with friends when I live long long distance like that's the only reason I've been able to keep up with cases and stuff for and you I mean I call you I call you games Come on. Been on Discord I'm like, I'm like or, grandma. Like, or like um IRC oh yes yes but I mean but I mean like you and like all most most of my real life friends are all from Washington. I lived in LA for like eight plus years and yeah. stuff. And that was it's the only reason I probably, you know. I think the cool thing about the the podcast yeah. is one thing the three of us have in common, which I can already sense, is that we all like are passionate about video games. Yeah. And it sounds like it's pretty varied in terms of interest. Like I'm playing a racing game, RPG, Casey's yeah, more into the JRPGs. So like yeah. it's kind of neat to just have, get and, people and that are passionate. That's why we did it. Now, Jeff from Tacoma writes because the news that came out from Eurogamer with all the hype around Mario. What's your favorite Mario? Dude, have you Doctor. played the mobile Dr. Mario? It is hot. Good, good answer. Good answer. Uh, I've actually played zero Dr. Marios. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. uh, Mario that's like Mario. the deepest cut that you can find, though. Yeah. I'm like, like applaud, snaps, whatever. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. The Mario Galaxy series on Wii was just a really tight game one and two i combine them as my two mm. they kind of play off of each other galaxy 2 is probably my favorite mario and i'd love to see a remake of that good choice <laughs> uh i think actually no joke probably like mario tennis or uh, yeah. the one that i have the most memories with is probably like super mario brothers I, 3 i also always think of like that world map and everything yeah. else it's like no yes it's classic yeah is is that Super Mario World oh, I SNES? Oh, I'm thinking of the one with the yes. Tanuki suit. Where you know, do you remember? I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the SNES one. <laughs> okay, 
There's a movie that mm-hmm. came out. The wizard was Fred Savage and his brother, <laughs> and his brother was like a video game savant, kind of autistic. Now, you know, you, when I was little, I'm like, oh, he just has like a really quiet little brother. You don't kind of, now that I'm an adult, I'm like, oh, okay. He's just like me. He's good at video games. <laughs> and uh, so his little He's just like me. People and, <laughs> and there's like, the, the, they, re, they do them oh. now, the Nintendo World Cup, the Nintendo Challenge for my. Uh, I feel like I need to add the wizard to my backlog. Oh, now, yeah. This is what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> that guy though that that movie is what made the power glove really cool real life. favorite mario so like my favorite mario like i i would say that i probably yeah i would say that i probably enjoyed super mario world the most i know i just mentioned that in terms of which one has i'm the fondest of in terms of like my fondest memories yeah. is probably going to be yoshi's island i played the shit out of yoshi's island i mean me and my sister would jam on that for days and days and days dude that baby is so annoying it lives in my nightmares (laughs) still you're like oh wait that's my kid no even my kids are less annoying than that sound bone that's true this comes from maddie in denver would you rather do dishes again or laundry this is easy for me Laundry, hands down. Dishes. <laughs> you fail. No, dude, dishes takes like at most. Laundry. There's no wrong answers. Yeah. I was told there was no wrong answers. <laughs> Laundry takes all day. And you have to put it away. I guess in my that the dishes was without a dishwasher. I don't know why. It's not like the laundry was without a uh, washing machine. Yeah. See, I, used, I was always, my I was flashbacks to living in LA when I didn't have a dishwasher for eight years. I'm like never again. My parents, that was just something they made us do to make the dishes extra clean. Yeah. And so that's what we did. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not right. And it's just a pet peeve of mine. I can't. When Sean lived in his apartment, I always did the dishes. It's just something I can't stand. It's like a weird neuroses. He did. Mm-hmm. Best of both worlds. Best of both worlds. No, I'm, I'm the same way. I would have to say never do laundry right. again because because a multi it's a multi step process. And I've been spoiled plate. and I've almost always lived with a dishwasher. So if I just throw that shit yeah. in there. And guess, walk away. I guess if you take into account, you guys both, you guys have kids too, which is the whole other aspect That's that I true. don't deal with because kids go through lots of clothes. Next question. This is from Tyler from Parts Unknown. Is E3 <laughs> dying that big of a deal? Would you still want to go? I don't think it's that big of a deal. As someone who went for many years when I was That's working it. down there. But it used to be. I But I worked, working it is way yeah, different see, than going there as a, it used to only be industry only. There's a difference where, like, I we were shooting, like, you know, a show and stuff there. So we didn't get to go, like, wander around and go try out. Like, journalists and stuff get to go demo all these new games and be all, like, cool behind the scenes and go see all these new unreleased games where we were just working it. I would, during my lunch break, get a walk around really quick and sell the booths. The booths and things were really cool. Mm. But over the last few years, it really has just turned into lines. It's like going to Disneyland or a theme park where it's just lines that wrap around the booth so people can demo these new games. And I know I've heard of a lot of journalists right. and stuff that knew it from the before times or people that, you know, have been going for years and years. They hate it now. They hate it because it's not really an industry event, but it's not really like, it's not the point where it's like a PAX or a GDC where PAX or GDC or Comic-Con even, they cater to like end users, to like home users and people that are going to play the games and stuff. Whereas E3 used to always be about like show it, like having developers come out and show off what they're doing to these journalists and stuff, but it's gone away. And now with how news and stuff works, the internet, 
there's just no need for that like middleman like companies can control right. their message and put out their footage and stuff just straight onto youtube or onto the internet or whatever and they can control marketing from a pr aspect and stuff i don't really see the need for e3 but i think e3 could exist in yeah. this world in a different capacity like like kind of like uh the game awards how the game awards announce stuff like i just don't like they announce stuff and things yeah. like that and you know it's like oh it's just basically like a vehicle for showing off and selling or like marketing new games uh i think e3 could do something definitely like that and spin it that way it's just there's right now there's no need for e3 basically. yeah i feel like i want to go like when you went you know what yeah. i mean when it was industry only like when it wasn't like a watered down i know like i personally always love the first couple of weeks of yeah. june because it's like the super bowl of games you know what i mean yeah. like oh i know i'm gonna get all these trailers and whispers of games that i won't see for new consoles months. all that exactly yeah so like i am gonna miss that but i think you're exactly right sean i think there's a way that that event can either pivot in some way, shape, or form to be like a week-long streaming type of event that goes right to your home. You know, yeah. maybe it's from, you know, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. every night and everybody comes home and like watches what's in the hopper for the coming year. Yeah. Um, if it goes away completely, I will be sad. I think, I think yeah. the other thing that really killed E3 was the fact that they were not protecting the reporters and all that information got out that all those personal reporters information got out because they didn't, they didn't secure their website and you could find out where the journalists live and say what you will about Gamergate, but there's a lot of female reporters out there that get harassed yeah. horribly online just because they're a woman. And they probably would be very scared at the threats they get. And there's a lot of creepy dudes out there that are incels that just stay at home and play video games and diff. And if they have their opinion, they want them dead. Like I, that you, you yeah. have to protect the sanctity of the people that are going there. So they didn't do that. So that's where I like, I have, I, as a little boy, I would love the E3. I remember E3, like Shelby said, it was June. I'm like, oh man, it's a big thing. All the cool game announcements are going to come out. But as an adult now, what I've seen, what they've done to the industry, PAX has passed them up. Comic-Con has passed them up. Uh, what's the, what's the one? Gamescom, right? And then what's the one in Europe? Is that the one in Europe? GDC in Europe? Yeah, no. Gamescom. GDC. Games, games Developer Conference, I think. Yeah, but I almost feel like a right. lot of the shows you're mentioning there are like in-person, like consumer-facing shows. Yeah. Like I think what I right. my favorite right. part of E3, and I think you also see this in the Game Awards, is like the fanfare um, and how it's like public-facing with right. uh, throughout the world. Right? Read these articles, read these headlines, read or watch these videos. Um, you don't see a lot of that stuff in from coming from packs in my opinion unless it's like a podcast or an afterthought or hey we're all together let's do a game show um so if they could do more of that i'd be okay with it directs really started was when they pulled out of e3 that's when they started doing their nintendo directs and that's what people are excited for because they control the press it's not the press controlling that e3 can go fuck itself in my mind um (laughs) no it's i think it's just it's much like everything else, times changing. It's up. We've outgrown it. Yeah, but it's it's just like give give me something in the middle of the summer. That's that's all right. I would say is like give me a week yeah. of goodies in the summer. As a consumer, it sucks not having one place or one event to look forward to. Agreed. And be like, get all your news kind of combined. Where as a 
publisher or developer or whatever, I think it's nice, probably nicer for them to be able to control their message and trickle things out and time it on their time versus worrying about this one big event that they spend like hundreds of thousands of dollars on. Something something will end up replacing it. E3, E3 can die, but they need something to replace the summer releases. I think E4. That's E4. E4. <laughs> oh, no, like no. E6. It's two <laughs> times as much as E3. Uh-huh. So they actually had they actually had an E for all I think it was oh, called and it was E three back when it was exclusive it was for all the people that wanted to be in there that couldn't it was for the consumers <laughs> I think E for all. Our next question comes from Eric from Livermore. If you could ride any animal that is currently existing as a form of travel, what would you ride? Ride like a dinosaur, obviously. It, it has to be in existence. It has to be in current existence. And does it have to exactly. be big enough to ride? I think it has to make sense. Like, well, if you're riding it, you have to be able to fit on it. But, like, you could get, like, a dog sled, right? Oh. See, for me, I thought about it. A bear would be pretty cool. <laughs> what kind of bear? Panda bear? No, polar bear. <laughs> panda bear would just be rolling around all the time. <laughs> I have a panda bear would be like, why are you on me? Um, Try to ride it and it would just crush you. I'd say eagle. Can I ride an eagle? Yeah, dude. I'm sure. That'd be cool. Yeah, I what are those huge ones? The yeah. golden heart people, the ones from Rescue yeah. Down Under. <laughs> yes, yeah. that one. I what, what was that? Uh, the puppeteer show from the, the movie from the eighties. Uh, Final story, never ending story. story. Big ass dog is the yeah, right answer. No. Well, no, it has to be okay. I took to the truth of the question. It has to be an existing animal. It has to be a real animal. You're trying a to say Falkor doesn't tiger. exist. Yeah, I'm telling you the truth. Your parents <laughs> should have done that for you. Um, a tiger would also be cool, and uh, I'd name it Joe Exotic, just out of <laughs> honor. But, I'd name um, mine Antle. Antle, yes. <laughs> and his harem of women. Oh, man. Um, tiger would be up there, a bear. I think a gorilla would be interesting, too. <laughs> I, that's close to what I said, you know, Sasquatch. Yeah, yeah, yeah Sasquatch, yeah. I also uh, feel like you could ride a dolphin. I think that would be pretty cool. sweet. yeah. Yeah, you just have to make sure are you taking all water up so you make your business by the water, dude. You're golden. <laughs> I'd be I'd be down for that or like a orca. You know. Our final question going on with thing dying out because of COVID and the release of we were talking and I think it's funny because we we're talking about the Wizard and Assassin's Creed. We've been talking about a lot of video game movies. Sonic the Hedgehog has been pulled from theaters early, and this was from Blake from Lake Stevens. And onward is moving to Disney Plus and is now available to rent, but it's going to be on Disney Plus on April third. What's going to happen to movie theaters after COVID-19? Uh, they're going to become hospitals. <laughs> At this point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're keeping all the I think they'll become more of like a specialty. They've kind of been shifting towards this for a while because they've been having trouble drawing in as many numbers as they used mm-hmm. to. Where they, like now you'll see more classic movies on that big screen or you'll see like uh, concerts or sporting events or esports events or things, you know, they'll, they're doing that kind of stuff. They just got to figure out a way to draw people and they have to make it, you know, the food and everything, the whole experience is expensive. What I see the other day, like um, some, someone who's a parent was talking mm-hmm. about how expensive it was to go. It was like basically a night after the movies was $200 after everything was all said and done because they had to get a babysitter. They had to feed their kid, their kids while they were gone. They had to feed the, you know, pay, they had to, by to feed the babies, they had yeah. to buy they had to buy food at the movie theater and so all that like totaled up oh. they had like two hundred dollars and it's like just way cheaper to just rent a twenty dollar movie or whatever 
$5 movie on at home. Are they talking yeah. to you about like going on date, like a date? Like a date night. Yeah. 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 I, I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. Um, I don't know. I, I think they're going to be their specialty locations for sure. Like there may be less movie theaters in the future, but they're still not going to exist. I mean, in some capacity, they will. Movies are too popular to go away. They might move to like that Cinnabar style thing where you can get served food and have yeah. drinks. Like the VIP uh, experience kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. I think that would work. Definitely. I feel like that's uh, what they will have to do. They'll have to like give people more of a reason to come in versus the comfort of their own home. Right. You know, and, you have to upsell or whatever. Or you just do both at the same time. And movies become cheaper. So if you want to go to the movie theater, you're paying more for a tip, less for a ticket. But then you own the movie, right? So you're paying for the rights of the mm-hmm. digital movie. So I think that's the move. Like if they, if the numbers show what's going on with that, like they're they're gonna they're gonna the, all those companies care about is their bottom line. They don't care about movie theaters. They want to make profit off of the movie. Yeah. Right. The movie stars so, like Netflix, like has been up for Emmys and Golden Globes. That's not traditional media, right? Like traditional media is changing so much. It's just the next step. So did no. did you say like you go to the movie, then you get the rights to that movie? Did I misunderstand you hearing that? No, that'd be interesting. No, that, I'm saying in, that you go ahead, John. Oh, when I, I was gonna say when I was up in in Canada, their biggest movie uh, company, I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head, but but they they have they have these things called um soup you can buy like super tickets or super movie tickets. You can upgrade your your ticket to like a whatever it was, super ticket or something. And basically it reserved you getting a digital version of that movie when it was released. So you would watch it in theater and you would basically reserve, you know, for future, you had like two days after you saw it to go back and reserve or like upgrade your ticket or stuff like that. And then you, I I never did that to see how smooth the process was or anything, but I could definitely see that. That would draw people in and make you feel like if you could bundle those two things together, that's right. I feel like if you buy a video game physically, they should offer you the, absolutely online mm-hmm. for free uh, same thing oh, that's a great idea sean it's Can silly start a movie well, studio with video games like it's silly oh, that's that... shelby's idea sorry shelby. <laughs> <laughs> with video games it's always been silly to me that you had to rebuy it on multiple within the age of digital like now that you know you can download or stream anything like it's silly that you have to rebuy games multiple times on different platforms right, right. yeah especially in the transition from the like the most current generation to the previous from the previous generation to the most current generation mm-hmm. not the consoles that are coming out like they'd sell those games on the ps3 and the ps4 and it's just yeah. like let me buy it once and have it on both both systems it makes no sense yeah exactly yeah yeah like i um one thing that i will say is i was pretty interested to see how movie pass was going to survive like i think that's a brilliant model like hey charge me 10 bucks a month and i can go see one movie a a month and i won't even think about it like i think that's a cool system if they can get that to stick yeah Yeah. because unfortunately like movie pass proper died but i've seen other services that are similar to it like there was one in a movie theater around here where i saw they were promoting something like that where it was like no blackout dates, but you paid, you could only see like two movies a month or whatever it was and things like that. I think that's really cool. Cause like I said, everything's going to subscription service these days anyways. Like if that's your passion, that'd be a good deal. Dude, yeah. I'm trying to get a subscription to that popcorn machine. 
<laughs> dude, there's so much germs in the popcorn machine. Dude, let me just gross. come in there. I don't even need to see a movie. I just want to get some of that sweet, sweet popcorn. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's where COVID is living right now. That <laughs> right. is actually because all those hands are going there. Oh. Actually, yeah, I heard a report on it. The bat flew into the butter and then okay. somebody <laughs> ate the popcorn. That's it. COVID. So they changed Marvel movies. No, um, in China. <laughs> and then they gave bats in the popcorn recipe. No, horrible. Um, no, I think this is just time. Like, my son was really excited to get Sonic the Hedgehog. We got it today because it bought it. And he's on it. Sean and I took him to yeah, we the did. theater to see it. And that turned into more of us playing in the. Well, he stayed. He loved the whole movie. But then Sean and I had to stay and play in the arcade with him. <laughs> the claw game. And, like, the claw game. <laughs> we're such fucking suckers. Oh, man. We're like, we can maybe get. They had a bunch I... of Sonic the Hedgehog stuffed animals in there. And we were like, Sean, like, we could maybe do this. And yeah, we ended up, I ended that's up how I get like ten. Ten dollars into the fucking clog. They have like, those or oh. two that look like they're deadable, and that's how they get them. You can like, yes. pick up a little bit, and then it falls back down or whatever. The claw, the weak... crappy claw too, because it only had two prongs. It wasn't even like the proper three prong one or four. Yeah, yeah. And then my son's like, "Let's do it again. Let's do it again." I'm like, son, <laughs> yeah. you can never. I go. I look. I'm like, "Son, you can never gamble." Yeah, okay? you <laughs> are not allowed to go to Vegas ever. Yeah, we broke down even. Because yeah. we were like, okay, we spent twenty dollars on this machine. <laughs> well, Sean, Sean said to him nice. He's like, he's like, one more try, and Sean goes, "You're out of one more tries. <laughs> You're out of one more tries." I'm like, I'm going to use that. That's awesome. And then uh, we played like other games. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I did watch Onward this weekend. I know that was part of oh. the question. Or, yeah, or family did. No, it was. He said, "Well, Onward." He said, and we were talking about video game movies, so that's why I thought. It was, but it was mostly because of Sonic. Onward. My son really wants to see that when we almost yeah. rented it, but. It's coming to Disney Plus on Friday. Is it really? Yeah. It's, Sweet. Uh, let me look at the date. Because I think it's why I was like, I'm not gonna. Rent it's it twenty bucks it. to like rent rent slash buy it, I think, or whatever on on like streaming services, right? Yeah. Or if so, you have well, Disney yeah, Plus. It's this week. It's this Friday. I, I had a a friend who accidentally bought it, and then I just curbed their. I used their account oh. for one night. Is how but, I ended up watching it. Uh, the funny thing is, fraud. Everyone, I want that on the record. <laughs> that's right. Down. I'm it going down. Funny. Amazon's coming after me for a twenty dollar yeah. purchase. Don't say their name. I, <laughs> oh, I did the same thing. Did, did I say thing. Amazon? I meant Schmamazon. <laughs> I meant Alibaba. <laughs> I use Chinese Amazon. Well, okay. I, I, it's funny because I kind of did the same thing where I looked. I'm like, oh, I want to kind of watch Onward. And I saw it was 20 bucks. I'm like, ooh, that's too steep for me. But then I was thinking about it. I'm like, if I went to the movie theater, I'd be spending at least $20. You know, if you got popcorn like 12, and yeah. the ticket, um, that's how much you'd be spending. So I'm like, that's like, why am I so like, oh, no, it can't be over $5 to rent a movie. That's silly. But well, I'm they like, wouldn't let you rent it. They were only letting you buy it. If I could rent it, I would have done it too. That was yeah. Point. I'm like, I don't know for rent. Well, I, thought that- I don't want to buy if it's not good. Even though it's being good reviews, I don't want to own it. <laughs> like, I, I, well, just, I want that trash to be temporary. I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to commit to a long-term thing. That, well, I know. Right? Then I'll be expected to watch it multiple times, take care of it when it gets older. I've watched Hotel Transylvania 3 in the last <laughs> two days. Six so, times. So it's yeah, really um, so you can tell the kids, oh, we rented it. We can't keep... We can't keep <laughs> smart. No, it's on Netflix, that hotel. But no. Um, no, Sonic doing that. Sonic was made a lot of mo- movie in the theaters, and Onward got came out in the theaters when COVID started ramping up. So it's interesting that Disney made that move, and that Trolls movie comes out for kids. Look at me, I'm like such a dad because I'm talking about movies for kids. Like, <laughs> I can't tell you one grown up movie. That one with Vin Diesel is also on video demand. Yeah. But, uh, That's the name of it. Is that one with Vin Diesel? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, no, 
<laughs> Starring Vin like Diesel. Diesel. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, part four. Yeah. yeah. He's like yeah. a superhero. Mm, I don't know. And I think that's like part of the reason you're not going to see those movie theaters die out. Like I think COVID's going to take a lot of businesses down, but yeah. those big number releases where people are going, still going to the theaters and spending millions and millions of dollars opening weekend. Like, I don't think they can kiss that goodbye until they have to, you know what I mean? Right. And I don't know if it's true or not. Cause I haven't followed up for it within years, but when we were in school, Casey, I remember like one of the teachers telling like us, us about the business of movie theaters and how the deal, the work, it works with like the movie, com- the production companies and stuff. And it's they, from what I understand, the movie theaters themselves don't make any money off the movie ticket. They right. make they all make their all money off of concessions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, it's going to be on more so than the movie company because the movie companies will keep making movies and they'll do fine whether it's digital or movie theaters um, where it's the movie theaters themselves are going to have to scramble to figure out how to keep bringing people in and you know have that value add and figure all that right. out and make sure that people want to spend that kind of you know expense that's why movie like food and stuff is also expensive because that's how they make all their money is off of right stuff. that was at Glenn Johnson's class right yeah I think so yeah 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 I remember that he said a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. It was all I don't up with it in years, but I was taught it in college. No, I, got, <laughs> I learned a lot about the business in that class too. But yeah, that was a good one. Um, yeah, movie theaters. I don't know, but I mean, you can it's, also just sneak in snacks, like bro. Yeah. Yeah, but it also kind of goes back to our last conversation is like, you know, as technology continues to trudge forward, is there still a need for E3? Is there still a need for the movie theater? And I think only time will tell. And, you know, I would think that to some extent that those movie production companies to some extent need those movie theaters, but I don't know that for sure. And based on what you guys learned in college, maybe that's a false impression that I have. Yeah, well, you went to the same college as us, so you should have learned. Something. I apparently were, I were, didn't go to the cool film program. class. <laughs> it was broadcasting four sixty five, sir. It's a four hundred <laughs> level class. No, uh, yeah. I was uh, too busy throwing the pigskin. Put on the pigskin, convincing girls to chase you in the bathroom. I got you. <laughs> hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta get creative. Oh, yeah. You gotta pivot in this time. <laughs> That was before the Me Too when, I, when girls could come to the bathroom and feel safe. Uh, talking about that class and stuff just reminds me of the time because I think it was in the winter time, and I just have this fond memory of Casey and I walking out the doors, and Casey stepped oh on some ice and just whoop, like in a cartoon, <laughs> like whoop, like slid and just landed straight in his back, and then just laid there. It's like I'm fine. <laughs> so you just laid there on flat on your backpack or whatever on the ground. Yeah, my just, backpack stayed. Yeah, <laughs> you just because it moved you, up. Yeah, you were like on your feet, and the next thing I knew, you were on the ground, laying like basically on your back. No, you know what the worst part was? It I said to him like, "Oh man, it looks really slippery. Hopefully, I don't fall." Yeah, fond memory. Yeah. One time that happened to me by the bookstore, and I ate it so bad my leg bent, and it looked like it was broken. Oh. And this girl runs up to me like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "Just leave me alone. Like, just let me like be embarrassed." I, I like that move, and like, yes, can you take care of me? I prided myself one winter where I didn't fall or slip once until the very end. I'm like, oh, at one point uh, there was like a really steep hill. And I was like, oh, I'm going to take a picture of the snow and the light because it was night and I was coming back (laughs) or whatever. And I'm like walking backwards to take this picture. And then I slid and I was like, damn it. I ruined my record of not falling. (laughs) That one was bad, but I got airborne. Like, like I look like Charlie Brown when he misses a football, you know, and Lucy pulls Mm -hmm. away. 
Is it? Whoop. Yeah, that was bad. Yep. That was bad. All right, guys. That wraps up our show for the day. I want to thank our listeners out there listening to our podcast, all 20 of you, hopefully this time. No, um, Shelby, do you have anything you need to promote? Or Shelby, anything you guys want to promote uh, before I do our final sign off? Make sure to get a good faction in this weekend. For what game? For your yard. Yeah, thatch it. Oh, get a good thatch oh, in. Get a good oh, yeah. thatch in. I heard faction. I'm like, like, horde or faction? <laughs> no, faction. Get a good faction. Are, are we starting a great guild? Like, uh... <laughs> oh, I also, uh, I'll talk about it next week. Okay, there's another game I played on mobile that has guilds. So uh, yeah, I guess to follow me, if you want to hear my voice, again, I think I'm uninteresting, but on Twitter, I'm just at Sean Poole, S-E-A-N-P-O-O-L-E, and that's the best place to follow me. And Twitch, sometimes you're still streaming at Spool, right? You're taking a break. Yeah, that. it's few and far between these days, but yes, on Twitch is Spoolio, Spoolio. so my first initial, last name, O. And you'll be here more, right? Because you've got nothing better to do. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Shelby, <laughs> yes. Shelby, do you have anything you need to come up? Uh, yeah, I am Lestexic Learner on just about everything on Twitter, on Xbox, and PS4. That's where you see me stream, Lestexic Learner. Been throwing some stuff up here and there. Streamed out a little bit of Uncharted 4, working through that on the PS4, and a little bit of Sea of Thieves with uh, some people a couple weeks ago. So you can find me on those handles. All right. You can follow me at Nintendaddy on Twitter or on Twitch too. I know I'm not streaming that much. Also, you can follow us on Underpowered Pod on Twitter. You follow us on Instagram at under.powered. You could subscribe to our podcast now on multiple podcast platforms. We are on Spotify. We are on Radio Breaker. We are on Radio Public. We're on Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Google Podcasts. We are waiting to hear back from Apple. Of course, you can also listen to us on Anchor FM. Apple's taking a little more time. They take seven to ten business days, and COVID might be slowing that up. I'm going to have to maybe manually do that, but we're just Apple Podcasts the last one we're waiting for. Uh, if you want to continue to follow us again, Underpowered Pod on Twitter is great. If you want to email us, you can email us at underpoweredradio at gmail.com for your questions, comments, concerns, or things we could do better on the show. Please leave ratings, subscribe to us on Spotify. And again, thank you so much for listening. Now, go to bed. It's time for bed.